Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, our special New Year's resolution edition. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Julia Marie. She's a personal trainer, yoga instructor, and fitness coach. Thank you so much for joining me on the program. I'm happy to be here. So we have been making a 30-day yoga for mm-hmm. weight loss program, yeah. and I'm really excited to see how people respond to this program. Um, you had mentioned a lot throughout that program, uh, things that you observe as a personal trainer that tend to be obstacles for people, keeping those really good intentions and really good goals that we set out with. Um, so I just kind of want to start by asking, um, what in your opinion are maybe some of the reasons that people have such a hard time keeping their New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Um, I think we talk a lot about like falling off the bandwagon and things like that. And goal setting when we are actually creating a goal can be done really well, or we can just be setting ourselves up for failure. Mm. And so when it comes to New Year's resolution, I like to encourage people to still stick with the SMART goal strategy. So it's an acronym, and it stands for a specific goal, a measurable goal, an attainable goal, a relevant goal, and a time-sensitive goal. So that's the difference between saying, I want to lose weight, or saying something more like, I would like to lose five pounds by the end of next month. And so within the SMART goal, we have a few clues as to why people kind of sabotage their (laughs) goals. One, um, we don't get specific enough. We don't say kind of what we want. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could go down probably a whole podcast on like figuring out what do we want, right? Um, But two, people oftentimes create goals that are completely unobtainable. Mm. So then you're just setting yourself up for failure and you get maybe halfway through January and you say, well, I'm not seeing results fast enough or I don't look the way I want to look or I don't feel the way I want to feel. I might as well quit. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing, especially with resolutions, because we feel so much pressure around them. So I would say the first thing you can do for yourself, and we talk a lot about this in the 30-day program, is making sure that we're setting goals for ourselves that are are possible. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I would say is that we need to take a little gut check on our goals and say, are these relevant to my life? You know, is there an emotional tie I have to them? So if you are looking to lose weight, dig a little deeper. Are you trying to uh, maybe get ready for a reunion or do you have a big event coming up? Or is something that's actually happening this idea of I want to feel stronger or I want to feel more physically fit? And that may or may not be tied to the scale. And so when it comes to setting resolutions, allowing yourself just that extra moment to say, one, is this goal attainable? Like, is this possible within the time frame I've given myself? Mm -hmm. And then two, asking yourself, well, what is sort of the emotional root of this goal can really help you 
uh, strategize some goals that you're going to feel empowered by and not imprisoned by. Mm -hmm. And I just think about New Year's resolutions as, you know, kind of this, um, you know, every year we come up to this time, everyone's getting really positive and we set out these New Year's resolutions. Um, but it's almost like this ongoing joke as to how quickly people kind of let go of their resolution or, um, you know, there's kind of that initial energy that we have to try and get healthier or lose weight or whatever that is. And then that just kind of slowly like tapers off. Totally. And then by, like you said, mid-January or end of January, we're back in the middle of our lives. We're consumed with all of these other things. And those resolutions have just kind of gone by the wayside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for me personally, I have sort of taken a different approach to resolutions. I instead try to pick a keyword or a theme mm. that I will use for the whole year. So last year, my word was maximalist, at, like as opposed to minimalist, mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to try a lot of new things. And I wanted to encourage myself to sort of just say yes to new adventures and new opportunities. And so that was like my maximalist theme. Mm -hmm. I mean, this year I haven't really zeroed in on what my keyword was going to be, but that was just a new approach I had to resolutions. Mm -hmm. um, but for that exact reason, because I have totally been in the trap of, I want to do this thing and I'm super gung-ho about it. And then like 10 days later, I completely forgot. Mm -hmm. So um, those are other things that you can do, like setting a, a theme or a keyword for yourself or you're just making really small changes. And we talked so much about those small changes on the 30-day challenge mm -hmm. because when we think about a fitness journey or a wellness journey or a stress relief journey, it's a lie to think that this is a linear path. The reality is there's always ups and downs. Life is always happening to us and with us. There is always going to be different things that come up at certain times of the year. But if we are staying on track with just a few simple rules for our life, um, then we don't really feel like the different stressors of life are pushing us so far off center. So one of the things that we talk about in the 30-day is to not let more than two days in a row go by without exercise. Or sometimes I'll tell my clients, never miss a Monday. Mm. And so what that means is that, okay, maybe you have a crazy, hectic week coming up, but you can say to yourself, all right, I'm not going to allow 48 hours to go by without a workout, or I'm never going to miss a Monday. And that doesn't mean that all of your workouts have to be an hour or 75 minutes. Maybe it's just 20 minutes. And so when we can put a few simple um, parameters on our routine, it helps us stay a little bit more focused, a little more consistent, even when life is happening. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you life is going to happen. Right. And I love that kind of idea of flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so easy for us to kind of get this idea in our mind of like what workouts need to look like or exercise needs to look like, or just something as easy as I'm going to try and eat better and eat healthier. You know, it still kind of has this box that we want to fit it into. So kind of getting out of that idea of there's this stringent idea of what that looks like, you just kind of accept that sometimes that means you're going to be eating 
um, you know, three to five servings of vegetables a day. Maybe sometimes it's three to five servings of vegetables a week, but you have that forgiveness with yourself um, that you don't let those days that you maybe miss your workout or you splurge on cookies or whatever it might be, you don't let that set you back. You just keep looking forward at what you're doing. And that's a big thing for me because when you start feeling like, oh, I'm a couple days behind of the 30-day program or um, I skipped, maybe you missed more than two days of exercise or something, that you don't let that prevent you from getting back on the horse, as they say. Um, And just having this kind of flexible idea of what those things look like, knowing that some weeks you're going to rock it, you're going to surpass those expectations, and maybe some weeks you're just kind of hitting those minimal, um, you know, minimal benchmarks, um, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. I really encourage people to just pick what is going to work for them. Because more often than not, if you can stay consistent with something small, like even five minutes a day of stretching and moving your body, that's going to be worth more than maybe once a month you actually do a 20-minute class or whatever. So keeping that consistency, and I love that idea of like small, realistic goals um, because they just feel so much more manageable (laughs) to even approach in the first place. Absolutely, absolutely. I think something that we don't expect I think we maybe just forget every time we're setting a resolution. You talked about it even being like kind of a joke. We forget that last year we totally fell off the bandwagon, right? Mm -hmm. Is um, what we can do instead is to make it not only a priority, but to ask ourselves why it's a priority. To think about if I'm disciplined and consistent, what is this going to mean for my life, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of times when we can make those connections to our health and to our family life and to our personal feelings about ourselves, then we feel a lot more motivated. So if you are having one of those weeks where you're like, I haven't seen a vegetable in many days, (laughs) um, that's okay. So like, Practicing instant forgiveness, super duper important. But then also when you do take the moment to fix yourself a salad or to um, focus on your meditation or to head over to your yoga mat, pause and let that sink in and notice that you're making the healthy habit or you're making the healthy choice. So often we're hyper aware of when we're really screwing things up. Mm -hmm. And then when we're not, we're just cruising on by. So make sure to celebrate those times. And the more positive reinforcement we have around the good habits that we are creating, the more likely we are going to continue those habits. But I will say that nothing beats consistency. Nothing. We can't fake our way to consistency. We can't pretend to be consistent. We will see consistency because we do it. So it would be such a such a lie to say that this stuff isn't hard and that it doesn't take work. But the very best product project you have in your whole life is yourself, right? And if you feel good, and this is not about the scale and it's not about the size in your jeans, is how you feel. If you feel healthy, if you feel energized, if you have less stress, all of the other things in your life are going to feel more manageable, mm-hmm. period. And so discipline is really the thing that sets you apart. And there is nothing more empowering than noticing the fruits of your labor. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of goes hand in hand. It's playing with discipline 
And it's also committing to um, self-forgiveness so that the moment you do notice that you um, have sort of relapsed, you right away say, okay, that happened. I forgive you. I'm moving forward. I love myself. I'm jumping back on the discipline mm-hmm. train and, and you're off and ready to go. It's that sort of like shame spiral we get ourselves into (laughs) that tends to just make things worse. Mm -hmm. And so the second that you notice, okay, this has been sort of an off week, I'm going to course correct. Great. You're already doing it. Right. I think it definitely speaks to kind of our human nature as well, which is to kind of fixate on the negative things. Totally. You know, it's... um, Definitely really common for us to kind of be hypercritical of ourselves. And when we do start having these either judgments on ourselves or whatever that come up, we kind of fixate on those. Totally. And then on the other hand, like you were saying, when we do something good, we do something we should be really proud of, we're just kind of see it like, oh, well, yeah, I went and did that. But I also had something really bad for lunch or whatever. Even still, we let those negative things kind of overshadow the good things we do. So I'm going to embrace what you just said, the instant forgiveness as one of my New Year's resolutions, (laughs) Um, because I just love that. I love the ring to it. Um, And just that idea that every single time throughout your life that life happens, you just practice instant forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Cool. That happened, whatever. And just looking forward rather than letting it kind of, like you said, spiral you down Mm -hmm. into feeling worse and worse. And, you know, we kind of get in that feeling like, oh, well, if I've already missed my workout this week, then I might as well yeah. X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, uh, you know, snowball effects from totally. there. But there are some things you can do to prevent the um, the oopsies, right? <laughs> and we talk a little bit about that in the 30-day. And it doesn't matter. This can be for working out. This can be for um, buying healthy groceries, whatever. And I'm a big planner. Um, I Not because I was born organized, but because I, <laughs> I had to get order, organized. And I schedule as many things as I possibly can. So that means all the way down to, and this sounds crazy, but when am I going to go do my grocery shopping? Um, because for me, it's so easy for me to just open up um, a delivery or carryout app. And then all of a sudden, the third time that week, I'm eating, you know, Chinese food on the couch, which is delicious and super fun, but probably not what I had planned for the week. Mm-hmm. So if I know, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store on Monday and Thursday, let's say, then that's something I already have kind of organized and planned into my week. Not mm-hmm. to say that things don't come up, but at least I have a plan. Right. And it's the same with my workouts. Um, I find that when I have a routine, things are so much easier. There are a million reasons why everyone in the world thinks that they are the unique individual that can't have a routine. Right. Everything from, well, you don't understand I've got four kids at home to you don't understand I work 80 hours a week to you don't understand blah, blah, blah. Right. That's life. That's Mm -hmm. the stuff we're talking about. So if we can say, yes, this is my situation and here's what I can do instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on what you can't do, you'll find that there is a window of 20 minutes. Maybe it just starts with once a week. But I bet you can get yourself to two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. And that over time is going to give you all of those benefits that you're looking for. So, yeah, it takes a little bit of work to plan, but I'm a huge, huge, huge planner. 
very, very early in the 30-day series, I ask everyone to sit down and pull out their smartphone. And I already know that it's sitting right there with us, right? I mean, because like we're, <laughs> we sleep next to these things. And you open up your calendar and you say, okay, if I was having a meeting with my boss, I would put that in my calendar. Well, you are your boss. You're the CEO of your own life. So you need to open up the calendar and plug in Mm -hmm. the time that you're spending with yourself. Make that recurring meeting. And it makes such a difference. Um, And then the next thing I would say is that when it comes to the food component, when it comes to eating healthy and you know, eating healthy does look different from body to body and person to person because we all have different taste preferences and different, you know, digestive systems and things like that. But we could focus a little bit more on how we want to feel after the meal. Mm-hmm. So instead of just thinking like, what do I need right now? Do I need comfort? Am I starving? Have I not eaten all day? Also pausing and to say like, after I eat this meal, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel full? Do I want to feel energized? Do I want to feel lighter and brighter? Do I need to feel more grounded? Am I cold and I want to feel warm? So just asking yourself kind of, well, what do I want this food to do for me? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we want food to do things for us that food is not really designed to do, right? Like food is designed to be fuel for your body. Um, It's not exactly designed to, um, you know, fix your heart after a breakup like chocolate ice cream will tell you that it's it's really great for that (laughs) but the reality of the situation is that that's sort of out of the scope of its responsibility right right (laughs) so if you want the scoop of chocolate ice cream do it because you love it not because you're expecting it to you know work miracles um and i think sometimes we put so much pressure on our food to be more than what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm this way as well. I mean, I'll turn on Netflix and I will just watch episode after episode of food um, shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, <laughs> I want to see the cupcake getting made. I want to, you know, go on an adventure to Spain and learn all about paella or something, because food kind of transports us and we have a lot of emotion connected to it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, food is fuel. And the less we can romanticize it and the more we can be really real about it, Mm -hmm. the more control we're going to feel over it. And not control in a bad way where we have a really tight grip, Mm -hmm. but in control as as in we have a healthy relationship with it. Right. Right. Um, Something I sometimes say, like when I'm teaching a yoga class and someone kicks over a water bottle, I also tell them, water bottles don't have feelings. Don't worry about it. And I would say the same thing about the piece of cake. So let's say you say no to it. Don't worry piece of cake doesn't know. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't know you're rejecting it, right? It right. doesn't know that you're picking the salad over it. Um, we just have to sometimes take an extra breath before we do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, how do I want to feel? What, what do I know I need? You know, what are the facts here? That doesn't always get rid of the confusing emotions we have about food, but what it does do is it makes us Remember that we do know what's best for us. Mm -hmm. Our body does have intuition. And if we just take an extra breath and listen, those answers will come. Right. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychytruth where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. 
Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. And I think, too, you know, looking at that question of, you know, how do I want to feel after this meal? Um, I think we're all familiar with the food coma. Yes. You know, this whole idea that you could eat a meal and not feel like you're, you know, taped to the concrete afterward yeah. is kind of an amazing thing. And that's something that I always come back to because it's true that those processed foods are super tempting things with lots of sugar, lots of salt, those things that yeah. are fast and convenient, etc. But at the same time, as I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, man, that sounds so good. I kind of ask myself that question you're saying, you know, OK, but is this worth me feeling like my body weighs 500 million pounds at the end of this meal? Because I know that certain things are going to leave me in that food coma and certain things I'm going to get done eating them. Like when you have an, a salad as your meal, um, you feel so good afterwards. So kind of keeping that in mind, if you're like kind of looking at, you know, that past the feeling of hunger. Because when we get really hungry, we have that feeling like, oh, I need to eat this. I need Mm -hmm. to eat that. I'm super hungry. I need to eat double, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can kind of think, all right, well, in 20 or 30 minutes, I'm not going to feel hungry anymore. So I'm either going to be in a food coma Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm not going to be able to move and I'm going to be going then for the coffee and then for the sugar and all that. Um, But in 20 minutes, I'm not going to be hungry more. I can either either be in a food coma, or I could be feeling energized Uh and feeling kind of light and feeling like I can still tackle the rest of my day with a lot of energy. Um, And then that ends up being a really big player for me and going like, okay, getting past that feeling of extreme hunger that I have right now and looking a little bit past it. Um, And then again, coming back with that idea of the instant forgiveness and knowing that, hey, things happen. Totally. But guess what you're going to be doing in a couple of hours? eating again. So there you have that opportunity to do something healthy. Absolutely. Um, And maybe you're even on your way home from doing something unhealthy and you stop at the grocery store to get some vegetables or a salad or whatever so that the next time you're getting hungry, you can be prepared. You can be ready. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think you can take the same approach with exercise. Um, I have a personal trainer friend and she actually, with some clients, just takes the word exercise off the table and she just talks about daily movement. Like, what have you done to move your body today? Mm -hmm. And she does that especially for her clients who have just a really icky relationship with the word exercise. And so that can be a really nice way to approach the exercise as well, to just say, okay, what have I done today? How do I want to feel after this daily movement routine? In yoga, we call it a practice. Like, this is just something you've commit to to do. doesn't mean it has to look the same every day. It just means that you've committed to that time. Mm-hmm. I think in the yoga world and the personal training world, um, it's it's similar in that Okay, maybe one day you're doing a very vigorous mat practice and another day you're doing something that's a little more low-key, but you've still committed to the time. Mm -hmm. And when we can do that and and also practice instant forgiveness on the days that we skip, when we can do that, we are not just saying, okay, my workout has to look a certain way. We're saying, how do I want to feel? 
What's my current energy level? How does my body feel today? And we're starting to take all of these different factors into account and really listen to our intuition. But what I would say is when we are starting out, when we're first starting out, sometimes our intuition muscle or our intuition headphones are not (laughs) very uh, attuned. So it can be really hard to discern between what I want and crave versus what I really need. Mm -hmm. And that takes patience and time. And a lot of times it takes connecting with someone who can be a third party to just sort of bounce that information back to you. That's why um, they will say that people who have like an accountability buddy or a workout partner Mm -hmm. tend to stick with their exercise a little bit more. Um, People who go to group fitness tend to work out a little bit harder and for a little bit longer than people who try to work out on their own. So if you are just starting out, that's why things like the 30-day challenge where you are tuning in, you're going to see me talking to you and I'm your buddy. Or if you go to a gym signing up with maybe your partner or a friend Mm -hmm. and making a commitment, or if you go to group fitness classes where you're with other people, all of those things are really empowering. And they also help you strengthen that intuition muscle so that you're not like, well, I showed up, I did 10 minutes and I sort of like hung out on the bench press and didn't do anything. And then I went over to the lap machine and then checked my Instagram. You know, (laughs) we need, when we're first starting out with something, we need to stay consistent because we're going to have the voices, um, you know, the little angel and demon on our shoulder. And Mm -hmm. we're going to have the really loud voice that says, this is uncomfortable. This is hard. You might as well quit. You're never going to make it. That voice is going to seem really convincing and really loud, but usually the intuition, the angel, um, she'll speak a little softer. She will be probably kinder and a little bit more consistent with messaging. So you're just going to feel and hear that consistent, this is what you need today. This is how you meet those needs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But if we're not attuned, if we're not used to listening to our intuition, it can be really confusing when we start. Right. Um, That's why, I mean, that's why I personally still, even as a yoga teacher and a personal trainer, I still go to group classes. I still watch yoga videos. I do these things all the time because I like that level of accountability. I need, uh, not only is it a social factor for me, um, but I need someone to sort of tell me what to do sometimes. It's nice to sort of just take a back seat, Mm -hmm. turn the brain off and just get moving. And before you know it, it's over. And like you had kind of mentioned about like the meal, you're always going to have another meal in a few hours. It's sort of like with an exercise. You're in the middle of a really hard um, workout. It's going to be over before you know it. Mm-hmm. Like, And you're going to forget how, you know, you, how much you hate squats or right. <laughs> how tough that move was. Maybe you'll be a little sore the next day, but it's not going to mm-hmm. be forever. And sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, this discomfort is just going on and on. And it's not. Yeah. It's over in a flash. Yeah. And then I think about how good I feel the next day. Sure. You know, even when you are kind of sore or whatever, I mean, you just, you're so proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you feel your muscles firing up and you feel sore in new ways, I mean, that is such an empowering feeling in and of itself. Totally. So I think a great New Year's resolution and something that I've been thinking about a lot 
um, recently uh, is just kind of embracing that challenge. Sure. Embracing that feeling of newness and that fear that often comes when you're kind of coming out of your comfort zone. Um, One of the things that kept coming up when you were doing the program is kind of talking about how the body loves this blend of the familiar and the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, And thinking about yoga is a really great kind of um, example of that because you have these uh, kind of familiar movements that you keep coming back to. You start getting really strong and confident and, um, and really feeling into those things that you had never done before. Um, And then at the same time, you're also like bringing in these new challenges for the body so that you can keep making those gains and progressing. Sure. So um, I think you did a really awesome job of finding a really nice balance between those two things. So you get that strong um, kind of. Uh, of affirmation, mm-hmm. so to speak, of coming back and returning to some of those familiar postures, seeing your improvement in them, um, but then knowing that you're still doing something that's going to be really effective for your body because you have these kind of new pieces that get introduced yes. um, so that you're always progressing, you're always moving forward, um, and you're kind of uh, using to... Uh, using your own body to its own advantage. Yeah, so absolutely. Speak. Well, and thank you. Yeah, I mean, we worked really hard on on creating a good balance. When it comes to training, there are a few um, just principles at play. You know, we we talk a lot about how our body adapts. So adaptability. Your body's going to adapt to whatever conditions you place it in over and over and over again. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Um, but if the conditions that you're placing your body in over and over and over again are making your world smaller, they're making your range of motion smaller, and you aren't picking up heavier loads, you really don't need any additional muscle tone to meet the task at hand, there is no reason for your body to adapt to mm. make your muscles bigger. Right? There's no reason for your range of motion to get any bigger or more sustainable or more controlled. Mm-hmm. So one, we have to recognize that your body, whatever shape you're in, it is because your body has adapted to whatever conditions you've put it on. It's not because your body failed you. It's because it decided to adapt to what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. So when we start to change that up, and we get really consistent, our body will adapt to new conditions that we're placing on it. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is we're sort of always in this balance of um, recovering from one exercise or reinforcing kind of some muscle memory from another thing. So that repetition and surprise, they kind of operate, one, to help us feel more powerful in certain moves. So let's say it's a chair pose. If we revisit chair pose in good form over and over and over again, we're going to continue to reinforce good form. So that's important for safety. That's important for making sure that we have that capability in our body. And also um, from a safety standpoint, when we're doing things with good form, then the recovery time is a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're not stressing out muscles or joints in a way that they don't need to be stressed out or they're not built to. The second thing is the surprise, right? So the surprise is the stuff that is new moves, new exercises that helps us prevent plateau. That's also important for moving our body in ways that it's not used to so that we continue those gains or we continue to kind of 
open up our body to a bigger world. And when we do that, we feel a little more agile, a little more coordinated, Mm. a lot more balanced. And so taking into account the way our body likes to learn. It likes to reinforce the good stuff um, or really reinforce whatever you practice. So you could practice horribly and continue to do that, and it will reinforce that, right? Mm-hmm. So you, gotta, you have to be aware of good form. You want to reinforce that, and you also want to be open to new challenge. Now, here's what happens with new challenge. Our bodies are, go, what is going on, right? And it's harder, and sometimes we get more sore. And so it's really common for us to meet something that challenges our balance or we feel a little uncoordinated with it or Mm -hmm. we feel like, you know what, that might just be a little bit beyond what I want to do. You know, the other day we were playing around with um, the yoga blocks and trying to do some press and lift up, right? And it's like you do it three times and you're like, I think I'm getting the hang of it. But that first time you're doing that press up, you're like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to. Mm -hmm. The third time you do it, you're like, all right. And then imagine what that would be like the 100th time you did it. Right. So we have to know that when we're playing with the surprise element of our training, the newness, that newness often means physical discomfort mm-hmm. and sometimes just mental discomfort. Because I know that when I encountered something new in a group fitness class, sometimes I'm just embarrassed because I don't know what they're doing. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I feel like a bull in a china shop, right? (laughs) So sometimes there's discomforts between the ears. Um, But we have to be able to deal with that because when we encounter something new, we're not only um, helping our body get over a plateau, um, but we are challenging our body to adapt to a new set of conditions. Mm -hmm. And that's how we continue to get stronger. Right. And then each time you come back, your body is able to recruit more muscles, able to do that movement even more easily. Um, And I just kind of think, again, going back to that idea that, um, you know, we embrace that fear and embrace that change and even that feeling of being the bull in the china shop or whatever, um, you know, kind of getting past all of those fears. Because if we let that fear just deter us Mm -hmm. from encountering new things, then it's always going to be a new thing. But once you make it that first step to try something new, hey, guess what? You never have to do it for a first time again. Right. And every single time you do it from that point, it's easier and easier and easier. Um, And then coming kind of back to the idea of New Year's resolutions, I think that's a great way to kind of um, reinforce those healthy habits. Yeah. you know, and kind of getting back to that idea of the SMART goals. They're realistic, they're measurable, but they're also reasonable to attain, Mm -hmm. you know? So I have talked about this a lot over the years, but the idea of, um, you know, I'm going to drink one additional glass of water per day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat one additional serving of vegetables per day, one salad per week, or whatever is realistic for you. And then once that goal you know, and so I really encourage people to, like, start super small yeah. because you can always build up. Totally. And it'll be so much easier to be like, okay, now I'm going to go from three minutes to five minutes than if you were sitting there looking at the 20 minutes a day and now it's the middle of March and you haven't done it a single time. Right. Um, you'd be so much better off just doing those three minutes a day sure. every day. Um, so I really think it's important that people uh, don't overwhelm themselves with their resolutions and really focus on picking something that's super reasonable. Um, I know years ago, 
you know, thinking about New Year's resolutions, it was almost this thing like you would purposefully make a resolution that you kind of couldn't see yourself keeping. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my New Year's resolution is to travel to every country on the planet this (laughs) year. Well, I mean, clearly that's probably not going to happen. That's just not a very realistic goal, Mm -hmm. Um, especially for somebody like me who really hasn't traveled very much at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to probably suddenly travel the world. Um, You know, so... As long as we are um, focusing on what we can do, focusing on what's reasonable, but also measurable so that we have a way of knowing whether we did it or not. Um, I love checking things off of to-do lists mm-hmm. <laughs> myself um, and even having those apps where you can kind of make your little list and then check it off when you do it. You know, if you're into those types of little apps and gadgets and stuff, I think that's a great way mm-hmm. to add in a habit. Because, you know, maybe you even pick three healthy habits that you want to add and your goal is to, you know, each day do at least one of those things. Sure. So maybe it's drinking water, eating vegetables, going to bed an hour earlier or whatever. Um, And then check it off that little app. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're more of a writing person, you write it down in your journal. Um, But that feeling of accomplishment that comes when we do do that thing that we've set out to do, um, I think is the most like empowering and encouraging thing for pushing you forward Mm -hmm. to a next step for Mm -hmm. something else. Um, So I really, um, I love that you brought up sleep, by the way. (laughs) I, if I could tell someone and they said to me, I have, you know, a goal of losing 10 pounds in two months and a goal of finally getting the decent amount of sleep that I need every night, I would tell them pick sleep every time. Mm hmm. Because that's going to help you with sustainable weight loss. It's going to help you with making better food choices. That's going to help you with your anxiety. It's going to improve your relationships. It's going to improve your stamina at work. Mm -hmm. Sleep is so important. And the body heals when we sleep. That's actually the time that it puts everything back together and comes back stronger. And I think so often when it comes to these resolutions and making goals that we can't ever attain, I think it's because we're we're just exhausted. You know, Mm -hmm. and so it's sort of like, well, I was never going to make that goal anyways. Right. Right. But when we are rested, we aren't scared of keeping ourselves accountable to what we set for what we set out to do. Mm -hmm. And when we're tired and exhausted, it's really easy for the excuse monster to move on in and zap up all our time. Mm -hmm. And I can't I can't sleep for you. You know, you can't sleep for all the viewers. You know, you can tell them. <laughs> I can try. You can try, but you can't sleep for them. No one's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really important that when we're looking at these goals, again, it comes back to why. Why do you want to do this? What does this mean for your life? Why do you want to travel? If you wanted to travel because you're feeling like, I haven't gone anywhere, then go to one place, right? If if you're thinking, well, I need to sleep nine hours every night and I'm currently only sleeping five, well, why not get to six? Mm-hmm. And so if we mm-hmm. can just do those things, if we can take a little bit of personal accountability for small measurable goals, starting with things like sleep, starting with things like take care of your basic needs, you know, drink water, mm-hmm. go to sleep, mm-hmm. eat a decent meal. You know, and then start to incorporate the, maybe the tougher things like try new workouts, travel to a country I've never been to. 
But, you know, we talk about like kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like sleep and decent nutrition are like baseline. Mm-hmm. And everything, including exercise, comes from there. Because I, t- I can tell you, if you are not rested and you are not fueling your body, your workouts are going to feel like crap. <laughs> Yeah. But that being said, sometimes doing a workout gives you the incentive to um, maybe eat healthier because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I worked out and I feel good and now I'm making good choices. So it's not saying that one of these things has to necessarily come before the other. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you it's really, really tough to take on big dreams in your life if you feel too tired, weak, and exhausted to, to accomplish them. Right. And then, you know, kind of Stemming off of that, too, you know, for people who um, aren't sleeping well or can't fall asleep at night, having a little bit of physical activity during the day can really help. Can also help you, you know, doze off a lot faster. Absolutely. So it's kind of cool how all of those things just really do depend on each other and can help each other out. Absolutely. You know, so if you are feeling like, all right, you know, I've made this resolution to work out more for the last 30 years and I've, I've never, never done, done it. it. <laughs> Maybe you make the resolution to sleep more. Yes. Get more sleep. And like you said, then you're going to you're going to wake up suddenly you have more energy. And I mean, I think every single one of us knows how terrible it is to encounter a day when you haven't slept. Yes. Um, so just that one piece of getting more sleep is going to improve your health and wellness in so many different areas and maybe even give you that little push that you need. You know what? I do feel good enough to mm-hmm. do a little 10-minute yoga class mm-hmm. or the, you know, the power yoga hit that is in the 30-day program, which gives you this amazing workout in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a wonderful way for those people who have the, um, I guess, time limitation thing, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge thing. Like you mentioned earlier with, you know, shopping healthy, making our own food, yeah. setting aside time for exercise, setting aside time for sleep. Just that one aspect of how we handle our time, how we approach our schedule, Um Because we definitely kind of live in this culture where we all feel like we have too much to do. There's not enough hours in the day. Um, And largely, I think that there's, um, you know, just room for us to remind ourselves, all right, there's 24 hours in the day. How can I make, you know, 20 minutes out of those 24 hours to dedicate to moving. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cool thing about all of the wonderful yoga videos, whether they're on our Yoga Plus app or anywhere else on the, you know, worldwide internet, um, you've got so many opportunities to do yoga at home Mm -hmm. or any kind of fitness, stretching, you name it. Um, You don't have to leave your house, go to a class. You really don't have to... um, you know, even go to the gym for the people out there that have that, no. like, thing on going to the gym. Um, Actually, before I filmed um, the other day with y'all, I did 25 minutes a hit at home, you know? And then I was in the middle of filming, and my legs were barking at me, and I was like, maybe that wasn't a great choice. Um, but I, I thought about that. I was like, well, it's going to take me X amount of time to get to the gym, or... Duh, you can just make your own workout. And Mm -hmm. so it was just moving around in my house for 25 minutes. Um, And my dogs were jumping on me. So that was, you know, an extra obstacle. (laughs) But we we put up a lot of, we, we have a lot of gremlins. You know, we have a lot of those demons on the shoulder telling us all the reasons why we can't do something. And we can let them take us down. They will take us out every single time. Or we can 
choose not to listen to them. So mm-hmm. it is true. You do only have 24 hours in a day. You do only have seven days in a week. There, you can't fit everything in. But you can prioritize. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. One thing that I find really helpful, and and this isn't a new, I didn't create this, I didn't make this tip up, but I do find it helpful. And anytime you have yourself, find yourself saying, I don't have the time for that, rephrase it in your mind or even out loud to say, that's not a priority right now. Because often we'll pause. And when we say it like that, we're like, oh, that's not true. I'll give you an example. If you say something like, I don't have time to eat healthy and rephrase it to say, it's not a priority for me right now to eat healthy. It sounds a lot different. Mm -hmm. So to say out loud, oh, my nutrition is not a priority, which is probably the reality of the situation. Because at some point you chose between going to the grocery store and going to work or kiddo pickup or – insert any other thing that you're doing all day here. Mm -hmm. So then you could say, well, it is a priority, but I am still short on time. So what can I do? Maybe you do bigger grocery runs and buy more frozen foods like frozen vegetables that stay, you know, fresh longer because they're in the freezer so that you always have veggies on hand. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you um, utilize a grocery delivery service. Um, There's a lot of different options out there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you another example. I don't have a t- I don't have the time to get to the gym. I don't have it's not a priority right now to get to the gym, right? So you say, okay, it's not a priority right now for me to get to the gym, but I still want to work out. Oh, okay, I can go on YouTube or Amazon or the Wellness Plus app, and I can um, get a bunch of exercises in, and I don't have to leave my house or mm-hmm. my office. Awesome, you know, or. I don't have enough time to sleep. It's not a priority for me to get more sleep right now. Is that true? Okay, well, no, I really do want more sleep. Okay, well, how can I do that? Uh, Maybe that means I turn off Netflix a little bit earlier or I put my phone on Do Not Disturb one hour earlier or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we rephrase the things that we tell ourselves we don't have time for and instead say, that's not a priority right now. It makes us take a step back Mm -hmm. and realize, oh, I can accomplish that in a different way. But let's give you an example of travel. If you said, I don't have time to travel right now, but you said, it's not a priority for me to travel right now, that might be true. Mm -hmm. Maybe your priority is something else, like you're working really hard on a new project. Or instead, you're taking time to be local with your family instead of jumping on a plane. Then you can really say to yourself, Actually, that's a really good choice. I know my priorities are clear. Mm -hmm. Sure, it'd be great to go to, you know, Australia one day, 
but right now I'm spending more quality time with my family. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to feel bad about some travel pipe dream that really isn't going to make you happier. You realize you're already making really good choices for your life. So sometimes just simple pause and rephrase Mm -hmm. can help us put into um, better light how we're actually thinking and feeling about these um, goals that might feel a little bit arbitrary. Mm -hmm. I love that too, because once you start thinking, you know, it's not a priority for me to eat healthy right now. It's not a priority for me to have my daily movement right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It really does kind of make you go, wait a second, actually, that is the priority. That was my New Year's resolution. Yeah. How can I shift things around in my day or my schedule or even just the way that I think of movement Mm -hmm. or think of eating healthy or whatever to make it work? You know, so um, we had a a guest on the podcast recently and her uh, recommendation with her patients um, is that they uh, focus on little bursts of activity throughout the day. Yes. She was like, I, you know, you've come in here over and over and over and you're never able to do the setting aside 20 minutes for whatever. So let's just reshift it. Yeah. What if you had five minutes in the morning? Sure. Five minutes in the middle of the afternoon, five minutes when you get home from work and five minutes right before bed. Boom. Now you mm-hmm. just hit 20 minutes of your daily movement. Um, and maybe that feels a little bit more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um You know, another recommendation that she had was that uh, those times that inevitably happen throughout the day where you're standing in line, you're waiting for someone, whatever, and you pull out your phone to, like, open up your Instagram or whatever, that those little times where you have – you don't really know how much time, but you're sitting there, you're waiting on something, that you use that – for one of your health and wellness things. Sure. So either it could be doing a little bit of activity, Mm -hmm. even something simple like little calf raises while you're standing in Mm -hmm. line, or if you're at work and you can walk around the building or take the stairs a couple times. Yes. Um, Or maybe it's more of a a mindfulness thing. Yeah. You know, for the people that... um, you know, can't set aside 20 minutes to meditate or whatever, because that can feel a little overwhelming when you've never done it before. Yeah. That you kind of take those little down times and go, okay, I'm going to do a little meditation. Totally. And you kind of slow down, you focus on your breath. I have this little acronym that I like to remember. And actually, I've been using this for so long now that I just find myself doing it all the time. Um, Brent, breathe, relax, enjoy, notice, and thank. And that's just like my little, it could be like a minute meditation where you just slow down, you breathe, you notice if you're like doing that thing Mm -hmm. where you're wearing your shoulders like earrings or you're furrowing your brow or whatever. Relaxing your face, relaxing whatever muscles that you notice you're tensing up. enjoying the moment, noticing something about your surroundings, and being thankful. Yeah. And just that one act of of thinking about something that you're grateful for. Uh, they've actually done um, the, I guess, like neuroscience studies and looking at the brain. And just the mere act of trying to think of something that you're grateful for has all of these positive sure. influences on kind of flooding your brain with different happy hormones, you could say. Um, So even if you don't come up with anything to be grateful for, just the act of thinking about it, and chances are, I think you can usually think of something. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But that's a great little, like, it takes you not even a minute to kind of go through that little checklist. And for me, it'll almost always slow me down, help me just feel a little less stressed out. If I'm trying to fall asleep, that's a great little thing to think about when I'm trying to fall asleep. Um, But just those little things, like when you have, you know, two or three minutes of downtime or whatever, you use that for something positive. I love that. I love that. Don't let yourself feel like, oh, I couldn't make time for this today. And then you celebrate those wins that you made. Mm -hmm. Hey, I did three little one-minute meditations today. Um, And like you said earlier, being really proud of yourself Mm -hmm. because that positivity that comes from giving yourself credit where credit is due, um, I think is maybe the most important part and kind of the whole purpose of New Year's resolutions in the first place. It is. Um, How good we feel when we do those things. And that's, you know, I, I think a lot about that with New Year's resolutions. I think we think about what's what's possible for me, right? We can sort of look at our future self and we can say, I can imagine myself being happy. And we start to create goals t- for future happiness, right? Mm-hmm. If we pause and say, okay, I can be grateful right now, then we can start to retool it and say, Maybe it's something as simple as being like, okay, I know exercise releases happy hormones, gratitude releases happy hormones, good sleep balances out my hormones, um, uh, social interaction, right? Maybe those are ways you can do it. Like today I'm going to do one thing that makes me feel grateful or I'm going to pause for gratitude once per day. I'm going to, you know, go to bed 15 minutes earlier to get more sleep. I'm going to move a little bit and I'm going to, you know, make a call to a friend or make sure I connect with my parents or, Mm, you know, be with my partner or whatever. And because that's really what we're all going for, right? We set resolutions because we can envision ourselves happier or more fulfilled Mm -hmm. or more satisfied. And the thing that's, I think, ironic about it is that People who are already happy and satisfied and joyful in the moment end up being the people who are keeping the goals, hmm. right? So it's like it's the goal isn't going to make you happy. Right. The 30-day challenge, it will be fun, and we're going to laugh a lot. But that in and of itself isn't going to make you happy, right? That in and of itself is not going to make you grateful. But gratitude can help you on day 10 when you're like, oh, this is hard and I want to quit. <laughs> right? Um, or staying social and interacting with people that you love is going to help you when you're on day 14 and they're like, hey, how's your 30-day challenge going? We actually talk a little bit about that in the challenge. Like, tell someone that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because just that little bit of connection also makes you very happy. Right. And that's what we're chasing. We're chasing this this idea that we can be better or we can be more satisfied or we can be happier if we only you know, had size four jeans and ate kale all the time. But the reality of the situation is that size four kale eater you isn't necessarily happier Mm. if you're not happy now. So focusing on the basics, the love, the gratitude, the sleep, you know, decent nutrition, movement, Mm -hmm. really simple things that can create a really nice, well-rounded social interaction that can create a really nice, well-rounded life. And we're not delaying future happiness. In fact, we're planting seeds for future happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I would tell I would tell anybody who's making a resolution to pause. If you feel like my personal satisfaction and my happiness 
are on the other side of this goal, that's probably a goal that needs reframing because it's not Mm. possible. You know, you can't watch enough Psyche Truth videos to just suddenly get happy, right? (laughs) It comes from the work we do and the time we spend on ourselves and with others. Um, And I love it. Maybe it's an acronym like you use. But we can't we can't wait to be living our best life after we meet a goal. Mm. We have to work on it now. Right, right. And keeping that focus on, um, you know, trying to focus on the positive, focus on our wins, the things yes. that we do do well. Um, yeah, and then just taking that, um, you know, opportunity to be grateful for what we have and find the happiness in what we have. Mm-hmm. Um if you're coming at a goal from a place where you are um, already happy, already feeling good and feeling those, you know, feelings of gratitude, which is so strong um, in the in the holiday season and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another big reason that the New Year's resolutions kind of flow right yeah. after the holidays, because we're really um, deep in that feeling of gratitude. Yeah. And then out of that feeling of gratitude comes this desire to do something great, yeah. to do something new, to put our... Um, put our attention and our energies into some kind of goals that we've had, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so then kind of bringing it full circle, you know, back to that idea that, you know, New Year's resolutions, at least when I was growing up, felt like this thing that you like had this big grandiose thing you made as a resolution, kind of knowing that it wouldn't be something Uh you really did. So kind of getting like out of that mindset and you're going to actually put your resolutions as things you can really see yourself doing. Yeah. Um, And knowing that um, each time that you show up on your yoga mat or choose to have a side of vegetables instead of French fries right. or whatever it is, that um, you know amazing feeling that you get by making that good choice and having that discipline only pushes you pushes you further, further. on yeah. you know on your realm of goals. Totally. Um, so one of the things. Uh, that, you know, while we were talking here, I'm like, okay, my New Year's resolution (laughs) is that I'm not going to only have these goals and this um, energy to keep them on January 1st. Yeah. I'm going to try and have that all year year round. Sure. Um, And for me, you know, having this idea that, okay, on the first of every month, I'm going to treat it like New Year's Day. Love that. Every single, you know, 1st of February, March, whatever, you know, approach that with the same energy and vigor that we have on New Year's Day. Sure. And, you know, because certainly if there's 365 days in a year, if we only have one day that we're feeling, you know, all of this positivity and energy towards meeting our goals... Well, there's 364 yeah. other days there to Absolutely. lose it. So, like, how do we carry yes. it? You know, we don't we don't run any businesses in the world without check. We're only checking in once a year, right? They would all <laughs> fail. All of them. Usually, you have monthly meetings or weekly meetings or quarterly meetings. I don't know why we think our lives are any different. Relationships need, you know, regular check ins. Um, our jobs need regular check ins. Our relationship with ourselves needs regular check-in. You know, a daily check-in would be great. Weekly would be great. Um, so maybe the solution to the resolution is to break it up mm. and to say, I'm going to make a quarter one goal 
and a quarter two goal or a January goal and a February goal. Yeah. And that's why I actually shifted to the theme model where I have like a theme for the year and I think about it um, in different capacities each season. Mm-hmm. Um, in the yoga world, um, we think a lot about things seasonally. So we might approach sequencing different in the winter than we do in the summer. And that can be really, really helpful. And in the personal training world, it's not actually that different either. Um, I have one client who she she used to tell me she had a weight loss goal. Really, she came to me originally for back pain. And we kind of went down the weight loss goal route for a little while. And then all of a sudden her back pain came back. And I was like, what's going on? And she's like, well, you know, I've been doing these workouts. I was like, well, are you getting up from the desk every 20 minutes like you used to when we were on your back, your low back pain goal? And she's like, no, I haven't been. I'm like, okay, well, let's let's backpedal a little bit and return to the original goal of like what's really going to make a difference for your life. Um, and the reality is, is that she she hasn't really gained weight or lost weight even when we had the weight loss goal mm. because that wasn't something strong enough. That wasn't yeah. like emotionally tied to her, but her back pain was emotionally tied to her. She was like, I need this gone. This is interrupting my life. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I want to feel more mobile. I want to feel better. I want to feel, you know, all of that stuff. So again, regular check-ins don't base your entire year off of just like this one rah-rah day. And I love it. Maybe it is once a month. Uh, you know, January 1, February 1, March 1, check in. What do I want to accomplish this month? Mm-hmm. And that goes all the way back to SMART goals that we started with. Like, okay, if I know I only have 30 days to get this done, what can I get done in 30 days? Right. And that way, if you're like, well, my January goal, I didn't make it. You can say, well, I'm going to try it again in February, or I'm going to change my goal. Mm-hmm. This is okay. You're not married to it. Your New Year's resolution doesn't have feelings. So if you dump it, it doesn't know. <laughs> it's okay. Right. It's fine. You don't want to hurt your New Year's resolution's feelings. Yeah, just it'll be that. okay. It'll live. <laughs> um, Julia, do you have any closing any other closing thoughts about resolutions? or? Yeah, I think just take them, take them with lightness. You know, take yourself with lightness. And that doesn't mean goals are bad. Goals are really, really good. But if you are going to make a goal, make sure that it's something that's relevant to your life. Make sure to tell someone about it. And don't allow your happiness to ride on this goal because your life is already beautiful. It's already full. There's already so much going on. And maybe a goal will in accomplishing it will be icing on the cake, but don't let it be the cake. Mm-hmm. You know, and as long as you stay out of that trap, I think we all could uh, do a little bit better on that. But as long as we stay out of those traps, I think we're going to be just fine. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today and look forward to having you on the program again. Yeah, thank you. It was fun to be here. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. I hope that you have enjoyed this little chat. And guys, I just want to thank you so much for being here. We all wish you a very, very happy new year. And come back and tune in again soon. The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.